Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to a special New York Rangers playoff edition of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, powered by Capiche.com. Now that the high school and college hockey seasons are in the books, it's time to turn our attention to the NHL playoffs. In my opinion, the Rangers are in a great position as they cross over into the Atlantic Division to take on the Montreal Canadiens. Since 1930, these two teams have played each other 15 times with the Rangers holding an 8-7 edge in wins. There were a lot of storylines when these two teams faced off in the 2014 Eastern Conference Finals. And while I doubt there will be the same amount of drama and intrigue this time around, this should still prove to be a tremendous series between two original six franchises. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as I break down the Rangers-Canadiens series with Kevin Schroeder, forward from Fordham University, Caden Ballant and Jared McCabe from the Upstate Sports Zone, and Sean McCaffrey from BlueCollarBlueShirts.com. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Kevin Schroeder. Kevin's a freshman at Fordham University, and uh, he first appeared on the podcast Back uh, in episode 11, when we talked about making the transition from high school to college hockey. And back then, I told him when I did uh, a Rangers playoff preview special, I'd have him back on. So without further ado, let's uh, let's get into the Ranger talk, Kev. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Fighting a little bit of a stomach bug, as I said earlier. But uh, to use all those cliches, I'm going to battle through it. It's gut check time. So... Um, What's your prediction, first of all? Uh, my prediction, uh, so we play the Canadians first round, starts next Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for sure, but I don't know if a team can hang with our speed for seven for a seven-game series. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I would agree. I think this is the ideal situation for the Rangers. You do the crossover, you get into the Atlantic Division, <laughs> Um, now the regular season, our regular season record against Montreal wasn't great, but like you said, it's now a seven game series. I think our speed is definitely, um, a positive factor. I think Montreal has the edge in goaltending with Carey Price, but I know Lundqvist, you know, his, he hasn't had the same season this year as he has in the past, but I definitely think he's capable of stealing games. Overall, I think we're a deeper team offensively. I'll even give us, even though our defense has you know, kind of been hot and cold, I think I'll give us the edge in defense as well. Especially teams are pretty even. I was doing a little bit of research. Uh, stick taps out to Steve Zippay from Newsday because I got a lot of the information from, uh, from his article. The power play for both teams is at about 20% right now. The penalty kill for the Habs is at 81%. 79.5% for the Rangers. I'm going with the Rangers in six, Kevin. That's my I, I would agree with you on that one. 
I have a feeling that we're going to steal a game in Montreal. We might even wind up stealing game one. You know, kind of get the yips, the jitters. I never played the game, Kev, so I'm going to defer to you on this. But, you know, I just think, uh, you know, if we could somehow win game one, uh, I think that would be huge. I think game one is the key here. I think if they win game one, it's our series. All right. Um, Montreal would look, they would have to win game two because you don't want to go back to the Garden down 2-0. Right. Speaking of that, though, and I mentioned it earlier that Lundqvist hasn't been the same, one of the questions I have is, let's say, heaven forbid, we're down, you know, 0-2 going back to game three at MSG. Do you think Alain Vigneault would turn to Antti Ranta for game three? I, I personally don't think he turns to Ranta in the series. Hmm. Uh, unless unless Hank really does blow it, which is very doubtful in my eyes, I don't think you turn it to it. I think the best position for Hank would be his back against the wall. Okay. Because yeah. when Hank's back is against the wall, he plays the best hockey that he does. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Let me ask you, because again, you played the game. Is there a, a switch that guys turn on come playoff time, as far as you're concerned? Oh, 100%. It's, it's a whole new season. We look at it as we're all at... Oh, oh, and oh, in the record, and it's our time. It's a whole different mentality. You, you go into games with a little bit more pep in your step, a little more I'm ready to go. It's a little different. You know, it's the playoffs. Okay. Um, as far as the defensive pairings go, I'm thinking it's going to be McDonough and Girardi. Um, now, again, I don't know who's going to sit out. Is Klein the odd man out? As far as you're concerned. Watching last night's game, the the play he made for uh, I forget who what player I think it was number thirty four on the Penguin score that right there gave it to me. Uh, I would probably sit Klein and play Smith. All right, so we're looking at possibly let's say McDonough, Girardi, Holden, and I agree with that. Holden and Stall. To be honest, I would I'd probably have Holden and Brady Shea. Okay, Holden and Brady Shea, Smith and Stall. Yeah. Okay. What about your uh, what about your potential lineups? I'm looking at Stepan Kreider Zuccarello. I like that line. I could agree with that one. Zabenajad Nash VC. Yep. And then my favorite, the Grabner Miller Hayes. Even though that you know, some of those guys, like you know, Grabner can't buy a goal these days, and Hayes has fallen no. off a little bit too. But you know, against the playoffs, wipe the slate clean. Grabner Miller Hayes. And then last, let, go ahead. You're reading my mind here. And then the, the last one I see is uh, Jesper Foss, Oscar Lindbergh, and I even I throw Peary in there. Okay, no Tanner Glass. No, I mean, I don't think you play Tanner Glass immediately. I think if it gets a little bad, you play it based off game one. If you lose game one and you need that physical aspect, you throw him in game two. Okay. All right, and I would say the same thing probably with the defensive pairings too. If... Uh, if Smith happens to struggle or Holden happens to struggle, you can always, you know, insert Kevin Klein back into the lineup too. I have a, I have a few other quote unquote burning questions. I already talked to you about AV turning Toronto if Lundqvist starts to struggle. You don't, you don't see Lundqvist struggling, so I'll take that as a positive. Another question I have is how do you think Kreider will react to the Montreal faithful? Will he shy away from the net, or do you think he's going to play his game? I think it, I think Kreider's the difference maker in this series. 
I think if he plays his game, which I do believe he will, he'll be right Terry Price's face, and he's going to get a bunch of goals, I think. Knock on wood, but he's the difference maker in my eyes. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that too. And something tells me that Jimmy Vesey is going to have a big series. Um, it's just a feeling I have. Yeah, just watching the connection between him and Nash last night was awesome. And I mean, it was against the uh, a weaker Penguins team in the sense that they were sitting a couple guys, but right. or a couple guys were hurt. But the connection, I like that for a last game of the season. I'm, I'm excited going into the playoffs to see what DC has coming. I also learned this from the uh, article I read about Steve Zappay that the uh, since 1930, the Rangers and the Habs have met 15 times in the postseason. It's the most. The Rangers have faced any one opponent. We are eight and seven in that in that series, which is good. That gives us a little edge. Yeah, I have to tell you, I love the original six matchup, um, but there was so much drama associated with the 2014 Eastern Conference Finals championship. We had Kreider knocking out Price in Game One. I'm sure you remember that. Remember yeah. uh, St. Louis's mother passing away, and the entire team went to her funeral. Um, mm-hmm. Press breaking Stepan's jaw. Do you remember that? Yep, I do. And then uh, I, I forgot about this. I forgot Dan Carcillo was on the team, and he made contact with an official trying to go yeah, after Press and got suspended. Suspended through pretty much the Stanley Cup. I also remember Terrian throwing several members of the Rangers staff out of their practice. He accused them of spying. But I do remember yeah. Dominic Moore scoring the lone goal to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals after sitting out the previous yeah, season. Yeah, Boyle. Boyle fed him a pass from behind the net, and he just put it in. It was beautiful. So it's going to be a heck of a series. Canadians are 47-26-9, 103 points. Rangers are 48-28-6 for 102. Price is 37-20-5, 2.23 against average, .923 save percentage. Hanks 31, 20, and 4, 2.74 goals against average and a .910 save percentage. Uh, looks like the Rangers have scored 252 goals. Canadians have scored 211 goals. So you give the edge to the Rangers in terms of goals scored. Pacioretty leads the team with 35 goals, but the Habs have only one other player with 20 or more goals. That's uh, Paul Byron. Then they have eight players. They got Weber, Radulov. Galchenyuk um, have more than 10 goals. Whereas the Rangers have four 20-goal scorers on the team, and they have six others with uh, 10 or more goals. So should yeah, be interesting. Four guys. Yeah, we have four guys in the 50-point range. Yep. They're all in the 50, 50 or higher points. You definitely know your stuff, man. So like I said, I'm thinking Rangers in six. A lot of the tweets that I've gotten from people, which I will um, share later on, uh, in the broadcast, have the Rangers going in six as well. So I'm definitely going into this feeling good. Uh, I think if we just take it, you know, one shift at a time, one period at a time, one game at a time, we'll be okay. Yeah, and you know what? I I think whoever comes out of this series is uh, is going to go far. I think this is a, a big teller. Yeah, ab- uh, good conference final. I absolutely agree because the Metro is is scary good. You know, let the Capitals, let the Jackets, let the Penguins, you know, knock knock each other around. Let us stay in the crossover Atlantic and um, hopefully find our way into the uh, Eastern Conference Final. But uh, we gotta get got to get past Montreal first. Kev, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, 
No, thank you. Thanks for having me. I love talking Rangers. All right. Take care, my friend. You know who this is. It's your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. And I'm pleased to be joined by Caden Balint. Did I get that right? You did. All right, nice. Writer and analyst from Upstate Sports Zone. And you can find him on Twitter at Caden underscore Balint. Thanks for calling in tonight, Caden. How you doing? Doing good. All right, so... Uh, just first of all, tell us a little bit about Upstate Sports Zone. I know I had Jake Martino on back uh, in episode ten, but I definitely want to hear you know your perspective on how long you've been with them and you know what what Upstate Sports Zone is all about. Well, Upstate Sports Zone is a group of high school writers like me and Jake Martino and Jared McKay. We are a group of like freshmen and juniors. And some other kids are really wanting to get into this. We do LaSalle Institute Sports, which is the high school I go to now, and Ichabod Crane, which is a high school that Jake and I and Jared also live near, and some other kids who work there go to. We do NHL, NFL, MLB, all pro sports, college sports, and even high school sports. We uh, will live stream our games, like for basketball, football, soccer, hockey, lacrosse, baseball. And we do articles on things around the uh, sports world now, like the playoffs coming up now, the Olympics, the NHL not going to the Olympics, and all this awesome stuff coming out. And I just joined, maybe about the start of this year, and I am very happy to be doing it. Yeah, actually, you sent me the piece that you wrote on uh, the NHL not participating in the Olympics, and that was really well done. Um, and it's it's you know amazing that this new wave of you know, sports writers and sports reporters, you know, guys like you, guys like me are really making a difference, you know, not just covering the local games and the local teams in our areas, but also taking a crack at the major sports. So uh, let's jump, uh, let's jump into some Rangers, Canadians, uh, playoff talk. First of all, uh, Caden, do you have a prediction for this series? I do already, and I think that the New York Rangers will beat the Montreal Canadiens in seven games. Okay, so that's going to require uh, the Rangers to do something that they haven't done since 2014, you know, in the playoffs, and that's to win at the Bell Center. The Bell Center has been, for lack of a better term, a house of horrors. But uh, I think it all starts with game one. If we can somehow go in there... And quiet the crowd, which will not be easy, because obviously the Canadian fans love their hockey. Uh, they're jonesing uh, for this matchup, an original six matchup. There was a lot of drama, as you may remember, in 2014 in the Eastern Conference Finals. So there might be a little bit of uh, hangover, if you will. Um, I'm thinking the Rangers are actually going to pull it off in six. But whether you say Rangers in seven or I say Rangers in six doesn't matter as long as we can advance. Because I think being in the 
Atlantic division, that crossover bracket, gives us probably the best chance of uh, of making a deep run because we're not we don't have to go through the metro, you know, which is which is a, a, a real meat grinder. Yeah. Uh, do you do you have a sense as to any potential line combinations? I mean, I put a few together. I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Well, personally, uh, the whole the whole Beltaner thing, I think that the um. The fans are going to be mad at Chris Carter for what he ran, when he ran into Terry Price yep. in game one. Yep. That really hurt the Canadians' chance to go to the cup final, yep. which and it helped us, which we, it, he couldn't have stopped that. It was a missed trip. He tripped, and he skated in a, in a Price, and the fans shouldn't have been mad. Uh, now, with these line combinations, I think that Elaine should be going with the KZB line of Mika Zibanejad, Pavel Buchnevich and Chris Kreider. They are an all-star lineup with uh, Zibanejad able to hit the face-offs, one of the best face-offs that the Rangers have as of this moment. He can do everything all around. He can shoot, he can pass, and he can skate. And that's what the Rangers really need right now going into game one. Pavel Buchnevich has been sent down and brought up throughout the, the whole season, which I don't think Elaine should have been doing because they need him. He's some guy that the Rangers need to do this whole uh, go on to the next round. I think that if we can get contributions from these rookies, like Matt Pumple, Jimmy Vizi, uh and Pavel Buchnevich, we can do a lot. I think uh, it's very interesting that you brought up some of the younger guys because you're, you're one of the first people I've spoken to today to bring them up. And I think having um, an embarrassment of riches, if you will, as far as offensive depth is definitely going to... Uh, to help us out. I want to go back to something you said before about Kreider crashing uh, into Price. I read somewhere where Price even said that he knows it wasn't intentional. I'm wondering, though, if, do you think Kreider's going to, how do you think Kreider's going to react to the Montreal faithful? Do you think he's going to shy away from the net, or do you think he's going to play his game and try to crash the crease uh, and get into Price's face? I don't think Kreider should intentionally crash Price. Because right. I think that would be a bad move by him and it could give him a suspension. But I think that if Kreider wants to shut the crowd up, he's going to do his best to play in the crease, but have a little joke with Price. So he's going to be screening Price as much as possible. He's not there trying to nail him on purpose. He might right. accidentally hit him. They never, you never know. We'll always get hit all the time. Right. So things like if Kreider can screen Price, and maybe have a little joke with him and showing the Canadians fans that he's not afraid to get down and dirty and get in front of Price, this would be a very, very good series. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, anytime the original six uh, teams can get together. Uh, and, they, and I don't know if you're aware of this. I read this in Newsday earlier today. Since 1930, the Rangers and the Canadians have played each other 15 times. It's actually the, the 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 opponent that we face the most in the postseason, and we have an eight to seven edge in wins. So I think that that's also history's on our side. Um, you know, again, as long as we take it one shift at a time, one period at a time, one game at a time. All right. So again, I want to go back to the fact that you you see so you see Buchnevich getting into the lineup. I do. Okay, and you and you see Pumple getting into the lineup. I could. It depends on what Elaine wants to do with Taylor. With right. Taylor Beck, yeah. he was just brought from the AHL just recently. Right. I haven't seen him play because right. I haven't been able to get to the last two games that I'm very sad about. But 
I think I think that if Elaine was scratched back, uh, maybe even Lindbergh. I mean, I don't think scratching Lindbergh is the best option. Yeah. But right now, we're going to need to keep Stepan in, which would be big for us. And right now, Rick Nash is on the uh, considered scratch list, not injured. I'm not sure about injuries, but I know he's scratched. I know he was scratched the last game. But I think that if uh, Pumble doesn't get in, he will get an opportunity at least one of these games. I know I know Elaine wants to show Montreal that we're not afraid to put in these young guys and that we're not taking them out of the light threat with these young guys. They think that I know for some people think that with these young people, like Nick let's look at Toronto right now, they have a young group of guys and people may have taken them a little bit too uh, nicely and they're taking their first playoff spot since two thousand thirteen. Yeah, there there is something to be said for again having that youthful enthusiasm. Um, you know, I it, it's interesting. Uh, I definitely see, um, I definitely see Grabner, Miller, and Hayes being reunited as a line because they've had some success before. Even though Grabner and Hayes have kind of gone cold as of late, it's interesting that you brought up that um, that KBZ line because they had some really good chemistry early on in the. Uh, in the season, um, let's jump to the uh, let's jump to the defensive pairings. Who do you have on defense? Uh, I have McDonough and Girardi as my first pair. What are your thoughts on that? I can see a lot of things happening with this. With Vigneault, he knows that Smith and McDonough have chemistry from college, but he's not going to risk putting Smith in the first line. Now, with me, I do think that the Rangers. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say McDonough and Girardi will take the first defensive pair. The second, I'm going to, I want to see Stahl and Smith. And for the third, I either want to see Shea and Klein or Shea and Camper. I'm very happy with what Camper's been doing since he came to the NHL. He's been, we came, we got him in a trade for Dylan McElrath. And I was sad to see McElrath go. He was the biggest enforcer the Rangers had. He wasn't afraid to get in there. But Camper took this spot to the best of his abilities. He's been coming out there. He's been getting chances on net. Scoring to his best abilities. I know he only has one since he came. But if with pairing him with a young guy like Brice, they could be able to do many things. So the odd man out in your uh, in your pairings, your deep pairings, is Nick Holden. Oh, yeah. Holden. Well, with him, he might have to sit at least one game. Holden came to the team in the offseason, as you know, for the fourth round pick the Rangers sent. And he jumped in the lineup. He wasn't afraid. He got in there and he said, I'm going to take this helm. I'm going to take the helm right behind the gun and I'm going to push us to the playoffs. And that's what he's been doing. He gave up opportunity after opportunity after opportunity on assist, goals, passes, shots. He is one guy who, I'm not saying he's afraid to get down and dirty in your fight, but he isn't. He's not afraid to do anything. He won't. I haven't even played yet, but he isn't afraid. He will drop the glove for us. I think. Um, I think our defense is probably the the weakest area um, when you look at the team overall. Um, hopefully, Av has in his mind um, the pairings. Um, so let's let's take a look at. I have a question for you, and this is a little bit of a controversial question, Caden, but I know you can handle it. Let's say, heaven forbid. We come back to MSG for Game 3 on Easter Sunday, down 0-2, Does A.V. turn to Auntie Ranta for Game 3? 
Yes. Hmm. With this, I know that Madden started last night, and I'm very happy to see that. With Ronta, she was injured in practice, and his injury was listed day-to-day with a knee injury. Yep. Now, I know Lundquist has his curse at the Bell Center, and he did break it in his first two games at the Bell Center, but every year is a new year. Everything is a brand new season. Yep. With this, if, I, I really want to see the Raiders come out with a one-on-one, but if they do come out 0-2, the Rangers are going to start Ronta, and they're going to play tight defense on Montreal. Yeah, I think you and I can both hope for uh, a split one and one coming. I'd be I'd be thrilled, quite honestly. Um, I think game one is going to be key. Uh, whoever wins that that game is going to, and how the game is played is going to definitely definitely set the tone. Just to jump in on on the goaltenders here, you know, Carey Price I think is the difference maker in this series. He's thirty seven twenty and five with a two point two three goals against average. And a .923 save percentage. Lundquist is 31, 20, and 4. 2.74 goals against average. And a .910 save percentage. Uh, so again, I think you've got to make things challenging for Carey Price. You know, again, not do it in a, in a, in a way that's going to put your team down uh, or, or risk a suspension. But definitely get in his crease, get in his face, get in his head. Um, and I think uh, if the Rangers can somehow quiet the crowd at the Bell Center, get into uh, Carey Price's uh, crease, I think we have a decent shot. They do. All right. Caden, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to call in tonight. And I'm really, I'm really interested in what you and the rest of the guys at the Upstate Sports Zone have going on. So, again... Uh, I've been joined tonight by Caden Belint. You can find him on Twitter at Caden underscore Belint. He is a writer and analyst for the Upstate Sports Zone, which is a collection of high school students that cover not only the local teams in their areas, but they're also taking a crack at the major sports leagues. And it really is some great, great stuff to see. Caden, thanks again, man. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers anytime, bud. All right. We'll talk. And you know what? If we get past the Canadians in the first round, I'll definitely have you back on for uh, for the next round uh, playoff preview. All right, thank you. All right, take care, my man. You too. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Jared McCabe, co-owner and writer from the Upstate Sports Zone, and he can be found at jrod2430. On Twitter, Jared, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Excited for the Stanley Cup playoffs to begin, and really excited for what these playoffs are going to have because there are a lot of great teams that are in it, and I think this year is up for grabs. Yeah, I would agree with you, um, especially because the. And again, I know you're you're a Bruins fan. We chatted about that before uh, we came on, but I think in the for the Rangers in particular, this is the ideal route to go. Cross over into the Atlantic Division, and if you can get past Montreal, um, then you have a shot at either Ottawa or Boston, and we'll get into that series in a little bit too. Um, I guess here's I want to go over some line potential line combinations um, with you for the Rangers. I have my top line as Stepan Kreider and Zuccarello. What are your thoughts on that? 
I think that's perfect for them right now. Um, for the Rangers, when I'm looking, when I'm breaking down this series, I think the Canadians and the Rangers are like they're they're equal with lineup wise. They're each are gonna gonna shoot at net. They're each gonna take each blows. But I think the, where I have the Canadians a little bit favored is that the goaltending of Carey Price, and I think that kind of a little bit separates them from the Rangers. But going back to that line, I think that's perfect because. Zuccarello's the man on that line. You got Stefan on the other side. I think that's a great line to show at the Canadian de- uh, defense because Shea Weber, he's going to be on their top line for defense. And you got to try and get past him. And if you can get past them, which I think they could with that line, then the Rangers have a great advantage going into that defensive zone against Shea Weber. I definitely agree with you that the Canadians uh, have the edge in goal. Uh, Lundqvist has had a traditionally... Um, an untraditionally, I should say, Hank season at 31-20-4 with a 2.74 goals against average and a .910 save percentage. Whereas Price is 37-20-5, 2.23 goals against average and a .923 save percentage. Um, you know, given the fact that Kreider's on that top line, how do you think he's going to react to the Montreal faithful? Because you remember back in 2014, he lost an edge, was tripped, However you want to describe it, it certainly wasn't intentional. But he did crash the net. He did take Price out of that series. How do you think Kreider's going to react to the Montreal faithful? Who, I mean, he's public enemy number one in Montreal. Do you think he's still going to go play his game and go hard to the net? Honestly, if I was Kreider, I would let that noise just get out of the game plan. Let him play his game. He's going to go off. He's going to play in front of carry uh, Price's face. He's going to try to sweat off things. You gotta, this is the Stanley Cup playoff. you got to play your game. you got to play with edge. you got to play with that chip on your shoulder. And Montreal's a tough place to play. We all know that no, no matter what team you are. So you want to kind of get in there with an edge say that we can win this game. And I think that's what he's going to bring to this team. He's one of the leaders on this team. And uh, he just has to play his game, play chippy. Like, I'm a Bruins fan, Brad Marchand. I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people dislike him because of the way he plays, but if some people say he plays dirty, that's up for grass, that's up for an argument, but they're kind of like the same way. They're, they don't care what other, what the fans or what other people have to say. They just play in our game. They play it nasty, and they just go, go up against the goaltenders and just try to just let the pucks in and cry. Let that noise stay out of there. Just play your game, and you know it's the playoffs, and uh, everything's on the line, especially in this series, because whoever wins this game possibly will represent the East in the in the conference final. So I think Kreider just play the way he plays, and because he's been successful all year, the way he's been playing. So just play the way, just play the way like that, Kreider, because if he does that, the Rangers should be successful. And I think I think Game One is going to be critical if the Rangers can somehow. Steal game one from Montreal, quiet that crowd. I mean, the Bell Center, as you alluded to, is not an easy place to play. It's been a particular house of horrors for the Rangers, but that game one is so critical. One shift at a time, one period at a time. Um, Play your game, play smart, um, and I think we have a good shot. Um, My second line, I've got Zabenejad with Nash and VC. Something tells me, Jared, that VC is going to have a heck of a series. I know there are some concerns. He's coming out of college. He's never played this many games before. But I just call it a gut feeling. I think he's going to have a big series, BC. I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, again, I think you'll have some of that rookie wo- rookie woes in the beginning of the year, in the beginning of the game, because his first ever playoff experience as a New York Ranger. Um, 
I'm curious to see how Ricky Nash does, honestly, because he's always that player that some Rangers fans just want to get him, get him out of here. But I think he's one of the X factors for them. If you can get him and DC going early in this series, get a couple of goals or get a couple of fits, then like I've been saying this whole time, the Rangers will be successful because, again, DC's another X factor. He's young, he has speed, he can shoot the puck and get it in the net. And you just got to try to get Carey Price not feeling the way he is over the last couple of games because when he's on, he's tough. He's tough to get one past him. So, DC, I, I love this line. It's just, uh, just um, DC, he's been playing, playing well for, for the Rangers. And I'm just, it's very interesting to see how he will do because he has uh, been successful this year. So, it's his first ever playoff game and, and it starts in Montreal. So, I'm very curious to see how he does. Yeah, you know, Nash is such a big body. And I'm I'm actually a Nash fan. I know a number of Ranger fans or buddies of mine are really don't feel the same way about Nash. But I just wish he would park that big frame in front of the goal, screen the goalie. You know, he takes up a lot of space. And, and I, I I wouldn't be surprised that if the Rangers don't do more of that, park the bodies in front of Price, get him off his game. My third line is Grabner, Miller, and Hayes. These guys had a lot of chemistry early on in the season. Grabner and Hayes have both gone cold. Even Miller's lost his game a little bit. But, you know, in talking to guys, I've never played the game, but in talking to guys who played, who played the game, they told me that there's a switch that you can turn on come playoff time. So I'm hoping that playoffs, game one, bell center, these guys come ready to play. What are your thoughts on Grabner, Miller, and Hayes being together? I think that's your killer line right there because they, they, I felt they were the best line for the Rangers during this season, especially Hayes. Hayes really surprised me this year. I felt that this was the year that he had to take that next step and he's proven that he's done that. I love Miller. I think there's just the way he plays, the way he can get it past goaltenders. He might not score a lot, but he can get grabbed, get his assist. But Grabner, man, was he such a great surprise for the Rangers this year. Everyone thought that it would have been either Nash or, like, BC scoring a lot of the goals. But Grabner, you got to give it to him. I think he's one of the team MVPs this year because I recall some of the games where the Rangers are just playing god-awful and all of a sudden Grabner comes out of nowhere and starts scoring goals after goals. So I think this is your killer line, but this, this series, man, it's going to be great. Going up against two great goaltenders going up against each other. And honestly, these are probably... The Rangers, they're that team that you don't want to face in the playoffs because they know how to play against the Pittsburgh. They know how to play against the Montreal. And they're a team that can play against the Boston Bruins team. If the Rangers can get just past Montreal, the conference finals is right in their reach because Ottawa and Boston, they're two great teams, but I think whoever wins this series is the better team going up against Ottawa and Boston. So I think this is the killer line for the Rangers, but... We'll see again because Montreal, they haven't, they've been playing well, but I felt they could have played a little bit better finishing out the season. But we'll see, but it should be a heck of a series. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, Patch already leads uh, the team with 35 goals, but the Habs have only one other player with more than 20 goals, and that's uh, Paul Byron. Then they have eight other players, including Weber, Radulov, Galchenyuk, Gallagher, Plakanitz. Shaw and uh, Deno and Lekkinen have 10 or more goals, whereas the Rangers have four 20-plus goal scorers in Kreider, Nash, Grabner, and Miller. 
and six others with 10 or more goals. Stepan Hayes, VC Zuccarello, Zabenejad, and Holden, of all people. So give the edge. the off- We have an embarrassment of offensive depth, I think. Um, as far as the fourth line, that's where a little bit of the controversy is going to come in. I definitely think Lindbergh and Faust need to be on that fourth line. Some people think Tanner Glass brings a little bit of a physical element to the fourth line that's desperately needed, especially since Montreal bulked up in um, at the trade deadline. And, and some other other people I've spoken to think uh, Brandon Peary should be on that uh, on that fourth line because he could chip in offensively. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the fourth line, Jake? I think you can mix and match every game with that fourth line. I think you can give it to Glass. I I think, honestly, as long as you can get your fourth line chemistry, I think you'll be okay. Um, Their fourth line hasn't been their greatest success this season because they've really relied on the other top three lines. Um, I think you guys, I think that's just a mix-match kind of line because you could put anyone there, honestly, and just they'll produce. So, again, it's a Montreal team. But this fourth line, you want to gain that chemistry so that maybe you can keep that fourth line going into the all all the games that you need to win. So, yeah, that's, that's, I, I think that's a good starting point for that fourth line, but I think it could be improved each and every game because with that fourth line, you have so many candidates that can take those, those spots. So, I like what you have there. Cause honestly, I don't know if you would really want to replace those two guys right now with other people in that fourth line. But again, you can mix and, mix and match with that line. So, very curious to see what they do with that line. Yeah, and mix and match seems to be AV's mantra. Although, when was the last time the Rangers played a meaningful game? I mean, they've been locked into that first wild card spot for what seems like forever. Um, as far as yeah. the, the, the defensive pairings go, Jared, I've got McDonough and Girardi. Um, as my top pair, um, and then I've got okay. I've got Holden and Shea. Uh, and yeah, I like that one also. And, yeah, and then I've got Smith and Stahl, and I've got Klein as the odd man out. But um, I almost approach it kind of like what we were just saying with the fourth line. You know, if Smith starts to struggle, he has a little bit of a turnover machine. Then you can insert Klein. I mean, when Klein came. Yeah, when Klein came to us in that trade from Nashville for Michael Delzato, a.k.a. Michael Delzaster, in my opinion, um, <laughs> he was on fire. And I don't know if it's... I think a lot of it, the decline in his game have, has to do with him breaking his arm, if you remember, blocking that Ovechkin slap shot. I just think, you know, yeah. his, his game has just fallen off tremendously. But again, you know, the, I think the defense is the one weak area for the Rangers, for sure. I totally agree. Um, just to give you my little series overview, I just think that the, the Rangers and Canadians, like talking about this defense, it's whoever's defense can hold strong because they have two great goaltenders. Whoever lets one guy go through and let the puck go in the net, then I think that's who basically will win this series. But the Rangers, led by McDonough, need to have their defense standing up strong because, you know, the Canadians will fire all their great guys after them and, Again, like I've been saying, the Canadians, they have to find someone to score because, like you said, they only have a 20-goal score, and then after that, it's just a whole drop-off. So that's where the Rangers have the edge, but then the Canadians have the edge with uh, uh, Carey Price. So, again, this is going to be a heck of a series. And if you can get McDonough that first 
line defense to play really well early in the game. They have a great shot. I know McDonough and Weber are certainly the work workhorses on the Rangers and Canadians, respectively, and they both have been resting some bumps and bruises, so it'll be interesting to see who rebounds I'm just, faster. I'm just curious. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm curious. Looking back at the Shea Weber-PK Subban trade, who do you think won it? Because right now, I think the Montreal Canadiens won it now in this like at this time period now, but I think Nashville will win it over time. I'm just curious, where's your head with this? I, Weber? I will agree. Uh, I will agree right. with you. I was shocked when I heard that Subban was traded. He really seemed to be a fan favorite. Um, he does a lot of work in the community, as you know, charitable work with children's hospitals and other organizations. He's a young, mobile defenseman. I think the Canadians are kind of, you know, they, they were in like this all-in kind of mindset. So the, in the short term, the Canadians won. But in the long term, you know, Subban's younger. Uh, I think he's, you know, less mileage. And I think at the end of the day, Nashville's going to wind up winning the, the, the trade overall. I agree. I agree. I also think, you know, Montreal is a traditional hockey market. I know that PK was very outspoken, very brash, flashy, and maybe that didn't go over so well with uh, some of the higher-ups in the uh, Montreal organization. So, um, uh, just jumping real quick to specialty teams, both teams are pretty even on the power play at about 20%. Uh, the Canadians have a slight edge. Their PK is, is at 81%, and the Rangers are at 79.5%. I have one more question for you before we jump to uh, the Bruins-Ottawa series, because I know you're a Bruins fan, so I'm going to defer to you on that. Let's say, heaven, heaven forbid, the Rangers come back to MSG for Game 3, down 0-2. to 0-2. Does Elaine Vigneault turn to Auntie Ranta for Game 3? I think you have to. I really do. Because these two games, Game 1 and Game 2, is very critical for the Rangers. They've proven that they can win on the road. So that's good for, that's good for the Rangers. She's got to learn how to win at home. That's been her struggle all year long. And that's a lot of the fans are saying, let's get Ranta starting. Let's keep Lundqvist on the bench, but... I think game one and game two will dictate how he will use Ranta. Again, that's great for the Rangers. You know you have a number one goaltender in Longfrist and you have Ranta backing him up. So if I was the coach, I'd be like, yes, Ranta, you're starting game three. Just to get someone new in there and kind of maybe it might throw Montreal off a bit. But I think you go with Longfrist, game one, game two, see how he does, kind of manage how he does, and if you are down... Uh, 0-2 going into MSG at Game 3, I think it's a definite effect for Ronta play because if Longwood struggles early in Game 1, you, you might see Ronta in Game 2 just because of how Montreal could maybe bury the Rangers early in the series if they find a way to get Longwood off his game early. So it's going to be a fun goaltender matchup with Price and Longwood because whoever... whoever let the goal in first. I think that will dictate the whole series. I know we, we've been very fortunate as Ranger fans to have Henrik Lundqvist all these years, um, but we've also been very fortunate to have Cam Talbot 
and now Auntie Ranta as the backups. And I have a feeling that we're going to lose Ranta. If we're going to lose anybody, we're going to lose Ranta in the expansion draft to the Vegas Golden Knights. So um, let's switch gears because I know when we, we first started chatting, you said you're a Bruins fan. Um, I'm going to give just my two cents. I'm not as well-versed uh, in this series as, as I'm sure you are. I'm going to give the edge to the Bruins simply because Ottawa's banged up. Um, they've got some key injuries on um, on defense. And so I'm uh, just, just for that alone, I'm going to give the edge to the Bruins. I agree. I'm not just, um, there might be a little bias into it, but honestly, I, I, this is a series that Boston should win because I think they have more talent. They're led by Patrice Bergeron and David Backett and Char and all those great guys. But uh, Martian, he's been great this whole year, coming off his suspension. Um, I think this is a game that the Bruins could win in five, but again, it's like the Rangers defense just went on the road in Ottawa. Like you said, the defense is banged up for Ottawa. If Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasta not play well in that first line uh, against Ottawa, I think they can win this win this series very easily. Um, like just by by being a Bruins fan and watching a lot of their games, there's sometimes Tuka Rask. There's so much pressure on him because their defense is not that great, and when Tory Krug isn't playing his best, they struggle back there on the defense and. Rats, he'll show up one night, but then he'll, he'll be great the next night, and then all of a sudden he'll just have this big drop off. The whole team's been like that. So I'm very curious to see how the Bruins do in this year because they're finally just getting back into the playoffs. And I think firing Julian was the right move, by the way, now that he's in Montreal. I felt like I was a little sad to a Bruins fan. It kind of reminds me of like a Red Sox player going to a Yankees or the Yankees going to a Red Sox, but. Um, I think the Bruins will win this game in five, win this series in five. Um, an X-Factor player for me is the guy who they traded for is Drew Stafford. He'll be on the right wing, possibly second or third line. He's been playing second line for the Bruins. He played third in Win- Winnipeg. So I'm very curious to see how he plays basically his first ever playoff game. But... Um, like I said, Tuka Rack needs to show up pops or not. This is his first ever playoff appearance. So I'm, I'm very excited. Like I said in the beginning, anyone has a chance at this. And if I'm the Bruins, I'm rooting for the Rangers. I don't know if you'd want to play a Montreal team, but that'd be a heck of a series either key not ever win that series. So if, if, you're, the, if you're the guy that NBC scored, or NBC Sports Network, you're rooting for our Montreal Bruins next round playoff because the history with those two teams, that'd be very exciting. But I'm excited for the playoff, man, to start. I'm very excited. So I have Bruins winning in five. I mean, I think we can both agree that there's nothing like playoff hockey. Um, so I, I can't wait for the puck to drop. I wish it was Wednesday already. Um, Montreal, Boston would definitely be uh, you know, again, a lot of history, a lot of drama, original six. But New York, uh, Boston would also be, I think, a big uh, ratings grabber. Two sports-mad cities, heated rivals. Um, and I want to just jump back to something you said before. I was surprised when Boston fired Julianne and Montreal came in and scooped him up, like, within the hour. But um, 
I know that they obviously want somebody that uh, is dual language, that can speak English and speak French in Montreal. But I did find it very, very interesting that uh, Montreal came in and scooped Julian right up. I honestly love the move because the last couple of years, the Bruins, they had the talent to make it to the playoffs, but they just couldn't do it. And by firing him, staying within the organization, hiring Bruce Cassidy, I think you needed that new guy in the room, a new voice to kind of get to these players. And I loved it. I loved it. I just, I was very surprised that Montreal took Julian. I think it was just to kind of put a little spark to the rivalry a little bit, not saying that that, that was their intent, but I just felt that the Bruins made the right decision by firing Julian because I just, they, they weren't the same team after the last couple of years. I think it really started after that tough, tough loss of the Blackhawks at home in the Stanley Cup final. And I think by getting a new coach, a new guy that knows the organization, knows the guys, just get a new young voice in there. And I think that can really, I think that can maybe help them in this year's playoff because first time ever head coach, used to be an assistant, now coaching his own team in the playoffs. That should be very interesting. So I like the moves for both teams. But I think it, I think it will start a little, spark a little uh, rivalry with the fan bases, knowing that Julian's on the other side of the ice with uh, the Montreal Canadiens. I saw it, you know, we saw it earlier this year, whether it was with the Islanders, whether it was with the Bruins, whether it was with St. Louis, you know, firing the coach, Getting a new voice behind the bench definitely seemed to do the trick for those three franchises. So uh, it was honestly hilarious. They fire their head coaches, and everyone's expecting them to just fall off the map. And then all of a sudden, the, the Islanders fire their head coach, and they're they're jumping up the standings. It was it was amazing what these teams did. Honestly, because when everyone saw it, like, okay, the Blues are out of it. Let's trade Shaq or let's trade everyone. Try to get draft picks. Try to get young players. And, during the playoffs, so it's, it's been pretty crazy what these games, I guess that's the new formula, if you're shuffling early fire coach, and hopefully you'll start winning games like these three teams proved. So uh, again, I really appreciate you taking the time out to call me tonight, uh, that's Jared McCabe, co-owner and writer from the Upstate Sports Zone, and he can be found at jrod2430 on Twitter. Jared, I just want to yeah. I just want to say a little shout out. First of all, thanks for having me. I hope you have tons of success with your hockey podcast. I'm always you. available to talk with you. And just one little thing: you can go on to UpstateSportsZone.com. Kia and I are going to come out with our first "What You Need to Know About the Stanley Cup Playoffs." You can check that out on our new page, uh, Stanley Cup Central, Stanley Cup Playoffs Central at UpstateSportsZone.com. It's just right in the top of the website. So I hope you have great success too, man. Um, Let's go Bruins, um, but we're <laughs> talking hockey with you, and we got to start, start doing more of these. Hopefully we can talk within each series because it's going to be a heck of a year for all these teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to definitely agree with you that it's wide open. Uh, next year I'll definitely have you on to talk a little bit of 518 Pucks because, um, again, I, I definitely love what you guys are doing. Uh, and, and by all means, tag me. In that um, Stanley Cup, everything you need to know, Stanley Cup uh, preview playoff primer um, that you're going to put on Upstate Sports Zone. Because I definitely want to retweet that. And uh, thanks again for your time. And uh, hopefully, yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk again um, at the end of this uh, first round. Yeah, definitely. All right. Can't wait. All right. Take care, Jarrett.
You, you too. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. And I'm pleased to be joined by the the mind behind BlueCollarBlueShirts.com. I know him as Sean McCaffrey, but you can find him on Twitter at NYCTheMIC. Sean, how's it going today? Thanks for calling in. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Honored to be here. Um, So here we go. First of all, I'd love to get your prediction for this series, Rangers Canadians, what are you thinking? Right off the bat, right off the bat, I'm gonna go uh, Rangers in seven. Okay. I think this is. I think this and the Columbus and Pittsburgh series are gonna be the two tightest series of the whole tournament. Like you know, for the first round. I I would agree. I you know, I think we're in an enviable position. We made the crossover into the Atlantic. I think on paper, now I know games aren't won on paper, we've talked about that before, but I think on paper, we're a better team overall. Obviously, we got to give Montreal the, the edge in, in the net, and we can get into that in a little bit, but I think, as you just said, this series and the, the, the Pittsburgh-Columbus series are probably going to be the tightest. Throw in the fact that it's original six, throw in the fact that there was so much drama surrounding this series when you go back to the 2014 Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I can't wait for the puck to drop. I wish it was Wednesday already. This is a series we all wanted, right? We didn't want Pittsburgh. We didn't want Columbus. We didn't want Washington. We wanted Montreal, so we got what we asked for, and it's time for them to deliver, you know? Yeah, the only thing I wasn't crazy about, but again, we've been in this position for how long now, Sean? I mean, we haven't really played a, a meaningful right, game, if you like will. A, like a month, right? Right, right. I mean, so I didn't even, to be honest with you, I was a little under the weather last night. I didn't even watch the game, you know, against Pittsburgh. I know you were at the arena, but, uh, you know, they've been... Yeah, I was there. It was the East, they both started the age of goalies. You know, we had all the mixed match lines. Crosby was out, you know. So it's we didn't have, like, you know, a full team. So, like we, like you said, it's been a month of meaningless games, so you got to hope that you just flip the switch and it's a real thing that could happen, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I had somebody on earlier today. He was a guest um, in uh, episode 11 where I talked about making the jump from high school hockey to college hockey. He he played the game. I never played the game. Um, and he said there is a switch that you can hit come playoff time. You wipe the slate clean. Everybody has the same record. So I'm hoping that there's enough of a veteran presence on this Ranger team, enough guys that have, that have been there before, that can flip that switch. This this kid I talked to before, his name is Kevin Schroeder. He also said that he thinks Lundqvist plays his best hockey when his back is against the wall. Um, he doesn't see Hank struggling uh, in this playoff series. I hope for his sake that he's right. Um, but I guess you know what. What are your thoughts on on the goaltending matchup when we? Uh, when uh, I, I hope Kevin's right as well. I just don't see it. Right. Every stat that's out there suggests that's not going to happen, you know? Right. 
Uh, I believe Lundqvist is 2-8 in his last 10 in Montreal. Um, did you see the Carey Price numbers against the Rangers in his last 12 games? Yeah, they're not good. I mean, they're... they're Carey Price is 11-1 against the Rangers. Right. He's got a goal out average of under one. He's got a save percentage of like 97, right. of, you know, .970. And Lundqvist, is, I think, he's given up like four goals. I think 3.87 goals a game he's given up to Montreal. And as someone who travels to a lot of these games... That's his worst building. He just always struggles there for whatever reason. And that's that's really, really like, if there's two weaknesses of the Rangers going into this series. I think it's the goaltending and I think it's the coaching. Yeah, I know Claude Julien and uh, AV have a history. I want to say I read something today where they actually played together in some league at some point. Um, yeah, I do see that AV has difficulty kind of with matchups. Um, and, and again, he's been a President's Trophy winner. He's been to Game 7s before, but he hasn't been able to close the deal. So, you know, let's give Montreal, like you said, the edge in coaching as well. So here are some some questions that I have for you, and we've talked about this before on Twitter. Does AV turn to Ranta if Lundqvist struggles early on? Sean, what do you think? Uh, this is what this is what this series has come down to me. Like obviously, you know, I'm not the longest, biggest longest guy in the world, but I'm rooting for him to do well because if he does well, it means the Rangers do well, and that's what we all want. Right. But in the case that Longquist does struggle, he's got to have a short leash with him. He's got to pull. Him. If, I mean, to be honest, I'm gonna start Ranta to, to go with, but I know that's not gonna happen. Right. Every stat suggests that you do go with Ranta. I mean, when you pay eight hundred fifty million dollars, uh, eight point five million dollars for a broken down cell phone, we need a brand new one for a million dollars that actually works better. That's the situation you got here with these two goalies. That is a... That said... <laughs> go ahead, Sean. You know what I'm saying? That said, you know, this is one quest. You know, this is what we're going to go with. You know, so that's what it is. But if he... I think he gets two games. And if he struggles in both games, you got to go around this. You know, you got to see what happens and ride the hot horse. We saw what happened in Tampa two years ago. Lundqvist struggled with Tampa the whole entire 2015, 14-15 uh, season. What happened in the playoffs? He got murdered by them. And so I, I think you got the same thing here, you know? Yeah, and I know that you love to use the uh, the Murray example in Pittsburgh. And there is something to be said for that. You know, you don't need to invest, you know, upwards of $8 million plus dollars in a, in a goaltender when you can get a guy that can do the, a better job for, you know, right, an eighth and, of that. And just like... I, I don't want to be fair. I mean, the playoffs, they, these contracts mean nothing. You know, the whole new season, you know, the, when the contract is what it is, it doesn't right. matter now. Right. But when it comes to this, they got to go with what makes the team better. If Ronson makes the team better, they have to put Lunkus on the bench just because they would play anybody else on the bench that was struggling, you know? Right. Because my, my, ni- my nightmare in this series, Sean, is coming back to MSG being down 0-2 on Easter Sunday. I, it's a very real possibility, you know? The only thing is, like we're, we're saying, there's, there's ways to beat Price. I, I've been watching a lot of Montreal down the end of the stretch as we know we're going to be playing them. Well, you got to, like, the best way to beat them is you got to crash in that, you got to screen them, you got to look for deflections against them. That's the best. You're not going to get the soft gold on them. You're not gonna just, I know you, uh, I don't know if you watched the Ottawa game on Saturday. Locals gave a soft gold Broussard. It's the same kind of goal McDonough scored last night against uh, Jarry. I don't think you're going to get those kind of goals against Price. You know, you have to work. And the other thing for the Rangers is the special teams. They're just so erratic. You don't know what's going to show up any, any given night. You know, oh, like how the power play's been horrible all season. The penalty kill's been in and out, and that could be like swing games for these Rangers. You know, I read I read an article recently uh, put out by Steve Zappay and said uh, that the uh, power play is pretty even for both clubs at about twenty percent. 
The penalty kill for the Habs is at 81%. The penalty kill for the Rangers is at 79.5. So they're pretty evenly matched well, up. The, the Rangers' penalty kill dropped because they were hot to start the season. Right. And if you remember that when Girardi went down, I don't know if you want to face Girardi. Like a lot of people would say, oh, it's not Girardi. But when Girardi went out the injury, that's when the penalty kill started going down a little bit, you know? No, I, I would agree. You know, as much as people get on Girardi, his contract, he's a warrior. He's someone who lays down his body um, on any given night for this team. Um, you talked about this before as a way to beat uh, Carey Price. So another question I have for you is, how will Kreider react to the Montreal faithful? Will he shy away from the net? I heard an article, uh, an interview with him after practice today where he said that you know that that series is three years ago and he's going to play his game i just hope he, I, he lives up to it i agree with that that's enough like, i agree with that he's not, he's not going to change his game why would he right. i will tell you that the montreal fans are <laughs> to not like him i've been in montreal three times since that series every time we go one of my friends wears a cry jersey and we hear it from the french people like he's going to get it there but i don't think he changes his game he's, he's going to play the same way he always plays I mean, again, stranger things have happened. I said it before; I've never played the game, but uh, it would be really something. I think the I think game one, in all seriousness, Sean, is critical. If we can somehow get into the Canadians' heads and and quiet the crowd and somehow eke out a win in game one, that would be huge. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to quiet that crowd too. They're dying for playoff hockey there too, you know. Yeah. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna be quiet. Like you said, you gotta get a hot start and then they get them down, but. They're going to be, yeah, they're going to be just as uh, amped up as the Rangers for this year, you know? Yep. Hey, let me ask you your opinion on the line combos. Um, you know, I see, I see Stepan Kreider, Zuccarello putting them together. What do you think about that? Nash is not on the first line. Oh, I, look, that's what's up for debate, man. We're talking. Go ahead. Who do, who do you uh, want I on the first think, line? I think, like, Again, as much as the stuff that Nash takes from fans, I think he's got to in the first line because he does so many little things well. I think he's got to, I think he put Pryor on the second line. I think you put on Nash, Zuccarello, and uh, Stepan together. I will say, I know you said he missed last night. Zuccarello played a lot with Grabner, and I thought they were a good, uh, had good chemistry last night. I just don't see AB doing that unless the Rangers are struggling in the series, you know? So you're saying Stepan, Nash, Zuccarello for top line? That's where I would go. All right. That's where I would go. I mean, AV changes the line so much, it's hard to predict what he's going to do. I think the only thing that's set is you know what your third line's going to be. And that's going to be, go ahead, tell me. Oh, uh, that's so your Hayes, grab me a Miller line. Yeah, I was going to say the famous Hayes, grab, grab me a Miller line. Uh, right, what about... Yeah, the, I mean... I, so your second line then is Benajag, Kreider. What about... And VC on that second line? Yeah, VC's on that second line. Okay. Now, here and then your fourth line is going to be the topic of the beta, which I think you're going to get to next, right? Yes. So, Lindbergh... I go, go ahead, you tell me. You know you got Lindbergh playing? Yep. And you know um, yes. and who's going to be on the right? You tell me. Well, we know Fast is going to be on the left, right? Yep. And I mean, I'm sorry, Fast on the right. I'm saying for, for the, that... 12th spot, I think that'll go Tonic Lasso or Buchnevich, which I know that's going to piss a lot Yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I don't see Buchnevich getting into very many playoff games. He's still adapting to the North American game. You know, his his overall development was, was stalled tremendously by that injury. He had to strengthen his core. What, what are your thoughts, though? I know Glass brings that physical edge because Montreal bulked up during the trade deadline. 
But uh, what are your thoughts on maybe putting someone like a Brandon Peary on that fourth line? I don't see that happening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Terry plays in playoffs at all. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't see Terry playing. I don't see Pumple playing. Unless, some, you know, unless they're injured or something. But I think it's going to come down to glance of Buknevich. And uh, I, for the reasons you kind of said and the reasons I said that before, I just think you got to go with glass, you know? And he he's actually like... He had a t- t- almost had a goal last night. He had a tip in. He, he does a lot of good things on the forecheck. He's a good defensive forward, too. Like, I know all the things, the knocks against him. And I know Buck Navage is a better skill player. But I just don't think Navage is there right now to, to be a, like a major con- uh, contribution to a playoff team right now, you know? Maybe, you know, it's going to happen eventually, I, I hope. But for this series, I just don't see it. All right, and I also think the Rangers, and I have Rangers have played with a little bit more of a swagger, if you will, since Glass has been in the lineup. And he's a good, from what yeah, I understand. I, I noticed Jimmy Vesey's got a little more uh, pep in his step. Yeah. I think Vesey's going to have a heck of a playoff series. I really do, Sean. I don't know. It's just a kind of a gut feeling on my part. I'm expecting big The only thing with uh, Vesey is the, uh, the amount of games. You know, played yeah. a lot in like a year's time with the college and everything. And yeah. he's not used to a floating schedule. So I hope so, man. I mean, he, we've seen the. Uh, Glimpse of the is from him this year, so he scored the game winner last night, and hopefully gets, gets a couple in the situation. Yeah, he scored the Papa John's third goal. I can't believe people eat that stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicolandi loves it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, what about the defensive pairings? Are we looking at McDonough and Girardi on the top line, top pair? Yeah, I mean, I've heard maybe uh, Smith, but I don't know. I, I, it's, it's another way I just don't see playing in the series unless someone goes down. I think the, the only person that Smith might get in for would be Klein. So you think they start Klein over Smith? At the start, yes. Huh. I think you go in McDonough, Girardi, keep your top pair. And I, I, I'm not one of these guys. I like Girardi. I know a lot of people don't, but I'm a Girardi guy. I like uh, Girardi and McDonough together. I think they're going to keep Stoll and Holden together. And I think... Uh, it's Shea and Klein until uh, if Klein, you know, looks bad, then I think then they go with Smith. I didn't, I guess. I don't. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think Kemper gets in, and uh, I, I can see Klein all those things. If Klein those plays, I mean, things are going bad for the Rangers. Well, Mike, Mike I, again, I didn't watch the game last night, but wasn't Klein on the ice for one of those Pittsburgh goals? Yeah, he was. He gave a turnover. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's what I don't think he's ever been the same since he broke his arm. With the oh yeah, shot. yeah, absolutely. So I, do you remember when he was scoring goals like left and right, like like a ridiculous clip? Yeah, when he first came, when he, when he, yeah, and then when he first came to the Rangers, he was he was something, he was on fire, and since he broke his arm, yeah, blocking yeah. that Ovechkin slap shot, um, he yeah. hasn't been the same. I mean, he was great at that for like a year of games after that disaster trade. He was great. And, <laughs> Whether it's wear and tear or the injury, it's just you know. Yeah. I I I, he's, I think he's like the weakest link on that uh, Rangers defense right now. Okay. But uh, Montreal's gonna have guys, you know. Isn't Shea Weber was out for a little bit? Yeah, I was gonna I mean, say. I, I, I was gonna say Shea Weber was, and McDonough are the two workhorses for both franchises, and they were both out. Um, I believe uh, Emelin's out of the first game too, right? Yep. Yep. So this so, this time. I was just gonna say when the Rangers if you match the Rangers up four lines and the defensive pairs, I still think they got the edge over Montreal there. I mean, this is all it's just the. Go ahead, I keep cutting you off. My fault. It's, it's okay. As I was gonna say it just really comes down to getting goals on price. That's I think that's the key. Like 
That's how you're gonna win the series. You have to score on price. You can't have these games. The Rangers are not winning the one nothing, two one games anymore. Lundqvist, we, we know that. Yeah. The Rangers gotta start winning these three two, four three games, and that's what I think the series is gonna be like. All right, let's let's uh, let's switch gears because I know you and I are both big Cam Talbot fans. We've talked about this before. The king. Uh, the king. <laughs> And you know, I do want to just put a, I do want to put a big plug out for Sean's uh, blue collar blue shirts dot com blog. It's very entertaining. Not only does he, you know, break down the game the way nobody else can, but you know, if he goes to Detroit, which he did, he talks about everything that he did in Detroit. He went to a Wolfpack game and broke down everything that he did before the Wolfpack game. Went up to Montreal, so you know. Definitely check him out if you're on Twitter. You can find him at NYC the MIC. Um, but again, I know that you're you and I are both big Cam Talbot fans. This was kind of vindication for you and I and a lot of other people that you know really want to see. You know, I feel like Travis. Go ahead. You, you ever see Shawshank Redemption? Yes. <laughs> Climbs through that three mile uh, sewer pit. Yes. He's in the little crap. He gets yeah. out. He gets in the water. He takes his shirt off. He's celebrating the rain. He's got his freedom. That's our vindication. We were, <laughs> and we got so much crap about Talbot for so long. We we got our moment this year. I know. He led the league. He led the league in wins this year. You know, I uh, I took a lot I I took a lot of heat, a lot of grief from my Ranger fan and friends <laughs> oh, when I got here. I get a lot of it too. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's it's a great season for him, man. So it has been a great season. He's the he's the key, along with just a lot of those young forwards. You know, they kind of have this youthful enthusiasm that they can beat anybody. You know, yeah, San Jose was in the Stanley Cup final last year, and Edmonton finished 29th overall. But you know, we're now a year removed from that scenario. Um, I read a crazy stat that the Sharks have played 124 Stanley Cup playoff games since the Oilers eliminated them in the 2006 playoffs. And we know the Oilers have played zero playoff games since that same spring. But I think that's going to come back to bite San Jose because really, they really aren't young guys anymore. You know, when I... No, and uh, I believe uh, Couture and um, Thornton might be out for game one. Yeah, no one knows 100% for sure, but it's rumored they might be out for game one, too. Yeah, I saw... You know, I <laughs> I saw Thornton go down with that knee injury, so... Right. I think the biggest thing, I mean, who do you have winning the heart this year? It's got to be McDavid or Crosby, right? Yep. For me, if you go just by the stats, it's McDavid. So they got the best player in the series, you know, in Edmonton. So I, that's why I would give him the edge, and I think Jones is just, you know, he's there with Talbot. They're both good goalies. The only thing, uh, if you are worried about the, uh, Talbot, is just that he's played so many games this year. He played, what, 73 games? Right. And this is after his uh, IHF, um, you know, winning the gold medal there. Yeah. So he played logged a lot of games, but, you know, I think he can handle it. Yeah, I think, I think the fact that the Oilers are opening up a playoff series at home for the first time since 1990, that's going to get the crowd amped up, jacked up. Um, the team's first 100-point season as well. They have that confidence. They have that that swagger. Um, and they have expectations of having success in the playoffs. Like you said before, Connor McDavid, what's he at, 103-point season? Something like that? Yeah, he leaves the league some points. I think he's the only person in the league that has over 100 points this year. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know the thing what? Is, like, with the Oilers, yeah. I'm telling you, I talk to a lot of Oilers fans. You know, I'm in tune with a lot of them. That, that 
um, that do Rogers Arena, that is going to be louder than MSG the whole entire playoffs. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, MS- that, fr- that franchise is dying to, for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they're ready. They're, they could, it's going to be nuts there. We talked about it earlier. We talked about how the Rangers haven't played a meaningful game in a long time. I know Columbus has struggled down the stretch, but Edmonton finished 12-2 and in their last 14 games, so they're actually going in on an upswing. Um, which is oh, they're one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. Yeah, and they uh, they have the best record. I saw this too. They have the best record against Pacific Division opponents. They're at twenty six and three um, against Pacific Division opponents, and they're thirty three eleven and six against against Western Conference teams overall. Um, so I think you know what's yeah. funny. A lot of the, a lot of those losses came to Arizona ball teams too. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and again, they've got a 100-point producer in Connor McDavid. Um, he produced 25 points in a 14-game streak to complete the regular season. Um, he finished 11 points ahead of Crosby and Patrick Kane. Um, and he's the third youngest player, uh, other than Sidney Crosby and Wayne Gretzky, to win the Art Ross. They also have this Drysaddle kid. He's got like 77 points. Yeah, Leon Drysaddle. The other guy... Uh... Big Rig Maroon, he's another big player for them. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the top guys. You got McDavid, Drysaddle, Maroon. You got Lucic, who uh, Lucic, who who won a won the cup yeah. in Boston. Who brings that veteran presence and Eberle too. So Lucic's got a hat trick of the night too. Yeah. So uh, again, and, uh, you got to remember too. I think the biggest thing that's sitting out the biggest, but another key factor is Tom McClellan from the you know he's coached Sharks for so long. Right. You know, he knows he knows that team, and you you think he's definitely going to want it. I think he's actually going to... I think Tortorella gets a Jack Adams award for best coach, but yeah. I think he should be up there with him. Yeah, and you know what? That's a very interesting point, Sean. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't even think about that, the whole McClellan coach the Sharks forever. That's definitely got to give them some kind of inside track. So, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Edmonton in five. Ooh, really? <laughs> see, I see, I see Oilers in six. I think Sharks. I just, I just give him a veteran win here and there, you know. I just, I just don't, five games. The only, the only thing I think uh, goes five games is that Washington series. Yeah, you know, and as much as you and I rag on the Islanders, I kind of wish they had gotten in. I think it's great for the sport. Uh, I think it's great for the sport uh, when all the local teams do well. That's just me personally. Yeah, do I think the biggest thing for the league is that you have five uh, Canadian teams making it after having zero last year. Yeah, that's big, and I don't know if you saw, but Willie Desjardins is out. No no surprise there. Yeah, no surprise there. Yeah. All right. Do it, do it. I think the biggest surprise of the, of the Oilers, just to finish up on the Oilers. Yeah. How about that Taylor Hall and Larson trade? Who would have thought the Oilers would have won that trade? I know. That's amazing. I mean, how many how many years now has Taylor Hall been without the playoffs? Full career. And how about, even like, even Chirelli, like, who, who do you have winning the GM of the year this year? Hmm. Like, she really made that up. Everyone was a terrible trade at the time. They everyone got fleeced. And you got the Oilers from, what, what did he say before? They were in 29th place? Yep. And now they're second in the division. They were, they were right there to win the division until the Ducks won last night. I mean, that's a complete turnaround. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to give Jeff Gordon an A for effort when it comes to that, especially dealing with some of these bad Sather deals that, oh, uh, that he I inherited. I think Gordon's right there, too. Yeah. Gordon's got to be considered. I think uh, Fletcher from Minnesota's got to be uh, considered. There's, there's a lot of I'm telling you man I just see Gordon I have two teams I can see the Rams and Oilers have a lot of representation these uh, year-end awards you know 
I hope so. But you know what? At the end of the day, Sean, there's only one trophy, one award that matters, and that's Lord Stanley. And I hope that the New York Rangers are there lifting it in June of 2017. So I'm um, hoping to be at the Kennedy Heroes with you with a beer in hand, celebrating. I don't know if, I'm telling you, I already have a bet with other people on Twitter. If one Chris carries him, I wear one Chris jersey, I don't care. I just want to see the Rangers win this cup. Yeah, same here. On that, on that much, we can agree. So, again, it's been my pleasure to be joined by Sean McCaffrey. He is the creative force behind BlueCollarBlueShirts.com. Uh, you definitely should check out his blog. Um, he's uh, politically incorrect at times. He does go off on tangents at times. Uh, he's outspoken. I don't always agree with everything that he says, but um, he's definitely an enjoyable read. And he's definitely a passionate and knowledgeable Ranger fan. So again, Sean, it was my pleasure to have you on today. Uh, and you and I will definitely be in touch as the playoffs unfold. Yeah, maybe hopefully I'll see you at the Garden. We'll uh, make a quick stop at tracks and uh, put a couple <laughs> down and hopefully the Rangers on. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That... you got to win that one thing for me one more time this season. You know what? Uh, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be hot. It'll be hot as hell, but... Maybe I'll wear the onesie to the Stanley Cup parade. We, we, need, we need that luck, man. You gotta get our onesie, huh? Although, you know what? When I wore the onesie in December when we met in real life, they got shellacked by the Wild, if you remember. So, the onesie hasn't the onesie hasn't brought the Rangers a lot of success, I hate to say. Do what? You gotta wipe the slate clean. It's a new season now. That's true. That's true. Hey, man. Go, be- go to the laundry and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, thanks again for your time. Be well. We'll talk soon. Hey, pleasure. Thanks for having me, Travis. Hey, take care. All right, bye-bye. I want to close out this New York Rangers playoff special with some of your tweets. Joe Frolinger said, uh, Rangers in seven. Since Julianne took over, my sense of an easy victory has changed, but I am still a believer. It's kind of crazy how important uh, coaching change can mean to a franchise, but it's a big deal in Montreal. I definitely agree with you, Joe especially when you look at uh, you know, hockey being a religion in Montreal and how the Canadians are you know, Canada's team, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, and I like, I like your prediction. I actually think the Rangers are going to take it in six. Uh, Danielle D. Teresa said, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm thinking Rangers in six. I'm right on board with you, Danielle. Jack Crane said, I honestly think the Rangers can go all the way. Jack, I have to be honest. Um, I go into every playoff series with that mindset. I think the Rangers are primed um, to, to, to make a solid run if they can get past Montreal. Um, so again, I'm hoping the Rangers go all the way too. Jason Reynolds said, Habs sweep series. I see no passion or drive in this year's Rangers team. They're skilled, but poorly coached and motivated. Jason and I talked a little bit um, after this, and you know my thing is, how long have the Rangers been in that first wild card spot? You know, when was the last time they actually played a meaningful game? Um, so, you know, while I really haven't seen uh, that sense of urgency from the Rangers this season, I think part of it, uh, as of late, has to do with the fact that they've just been stuck in that first wild card spot with no real. Um, hope of, of advancing. Uh, the ghost of Tex Rickard said, NYR in seven. Price steals a couple of games by shutting us down. 
Ultimately, Hank is steady, and our offensive speed is too much for the Habs to handle. You know, I talked to a couple of people about this, and I agree. I think that the Rangers' speed is going to be uh, the difference maker in this series. Uh, Price is a better goalie than Lundqvist, but we're going to have to find a way to get into his crease, get into his face, get into his head. Um, Hopefully, Kreider doesn't shy away from playing his game. Uh, Joe Tuckman says, Montreal in five. There are just too many ifs with this team. If Nash scores. If Hank returns to form. If the power play scores. I just don't like that. You got to have faith, Joe. Let's go Rangers. Jake Martino said, Rangers in six. I'm with you, Jake. Gene DeFelice said, Rangers in six. Right on, Gene. Carpati said, we are out in six. Hmm. I'm not sure I agree with you there. I think it's going to go six or maybe seven, but I certainly think if the Rangers keep it to one shift at a time, one period at a time, one game at a time, play their game, they should be just fine. Um, Michelle Kalibi said, Rangers in six. Amen, Michelle. Jake Trecapelli said, I'll say Rangers in six as well. Right on, Jake. Mike Driscoll said, Rangers in six or Canadiens in seven? Small chance of getting out of the second round, not with this defense. I'm going to lean more towards, again, Rangers in six, Mike. Um, I think if we can get past them, we have a good shot at making uh, it past the next round, especially going through that crossover Atlantic division. This time of the year, it's all about health and matchups. So let's worry about the first series uh, and then... We'll see who we take on if we get past Montreal. Uh, Nick Monaco said, I think Habs in six or Rangers in seven. Laugh out loud. It's going to be tough. Uh, I hear you, Nick. There's no denying that it's uh, it's not going to be tough. It's going to be a tough series. But I do think uh, overall the Rangers have the edge. Uh, Texas said, New York Rangers win the Stanley Cup. I hope to be at the uh, Canyon of Heroes New York Rangers Stanley Cup Parade. Right along there with you, Texas. Ricky uh, Tazu said, Montreal, Ottawa, Blue Jackets, Caps in round one in the east. In the west, it's the Oilers, Hawks, Flames, and Wild. Um, I agree with you for the most part. Um, I'm not sure if the Blue Jackets beat Pittsburgh, although uh, having some injuries on defense, particularly to Latang. And I know that um, Malkin's been out for a while, so that's possible. Uh, again, I don't know if Ottawa has uh, the horses to beat Boston, especially because the injury bugs hit them pretty hard too. And again, we all know that I'm thinking the Rangers are going to beat uh, Montreal. Dan said, still hoping NYR will keep Hank's leash short, but probably not. I did speak with uh, Sean McCaffrey from uh, bluecollarblueshirts.com about this. You know, heaven forbid we come back to MSG down 0-2. Does AV um, have the stones, if you will, to start Ronta over Hank? Let's hope it doesn't get to that point. Um, Last week I ran a poll on Twitter. 99 people voted, and thank you again to all of those who participated. And 60% said the Rangers are going to make it past the first round of the 2017 Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Let's go Rangers said in response to that poll, it honestly depends on which Rangers team shows up and if Hank can get hot. I still think Hank has a little bit of hockey left in the tank. 
he hasn't had the same type of season um, that he's he has in the past, but I still think he has the ability to steal games. Sean Manley said, They don't have the firepower to take Price in Montreal. We can't seem to score, and our record at home is putrid. Need I mention Price? Uh, Price is definitely, um, you have the edge and goal with him, but I think our speed, I think our depth, I think uh, we have uh, more of a veteran presence, and I think we have a little bit of a better coach in AV. Although uh, Montreal really did turn things around after Julianne came on board. Damas said, Depends on which team shows up. Laugh out loud. We are better than them. More wins this season. They need to get it together D-wise. The saving grace here is that we don't have home ice. I will agree. You know, you want MSG to be uh, uh, an uncomfortable place to play uh, for the opposing team, much like I know the Bell Center is going to be a hostile environment for the Rangers. I hope you enjoyed this special New York Rangers playoff edition of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, powered by Capiche.com. The puck drops for Game 1 of this series at the Bell Center on Wednesday, April 12th. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.